Welcome back to another episode of the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. Coming at you are the Double B's, Brent and Bo. Uh, breaking down another week of uh, playoff. Talking about the impacts and, and breaking down last week's games. Uh, talking about the upcoming games. Also today on the episode we're going to break down top 10 quarterback fantasy uh, standings to end the year of 2020. Correct. Um, let's let's jump right into right into talk. I'm going to update you guys on our, our uh, hot shot fat boy fantasy bet going. Um, I had missed the Steelers-Browns game, and I missed the Seahawks-Rams game. Uh, Bo also missed both of those both games. Both of those games, and he's two behind me. He missed. I also, I also took Washington to upset, which I thought they had a decent chance. Uh, and then I took uh, the Colt or the uh, Titans. Titans over to the Ravens. Right, um, right. So I am I am currently in uh, firm grasp of uh, of that hot, hot shot. shot. Yes, uh, not not looking forward to that. So uh, we're hoping my Super Bowl predictions right and Rock Walker's wrong. That's about my only chance to catch up. I think so because I think we have everything the same about this week. Well, we'll get into that when we break down the games here shortly. Um, let's get right into it. Uh, what's the first game on tap this weekend? Well, the, uh, do we want to talk about the games this weekend, the, the upcoming ones, or do we want to talk about the games that took place first? Let's break down last week's games. Yeah, so um, last week, um, our first game of the week, we had uh, the first one that took place was the Colts and the Bills. Um, much closer game than m- m- most thought. Um, Bills and ultimately ended up pulling away and, and finishing the game late. Um, you know, another stellar performance from Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Absolutely. Getting it done uh, there in Buffalo. First first win for a Buffalo Bills team since before Josh Allen was born. Correct. Which correct. is interesting. Correct, correct. Um, what I noticed coming out of this game was the Colts really exposed the Bills, I think, lack of run defense. Um, that seemed to be – their go-to early until the Bills started getting in their rhythm. It took Josh Allen, I think, one or two drives to, you know, realize, oh, this is a playoff game. i got to get a little more serious than the rest of the season. I don't have everything clinched. Once he got his rhythm, it was a close game, yes, but I think they were pretty much in control most of the game. Yeah, no doubt. Um, opposite side of the ball, um, if it was the end, what an amazing ride it's been for Phillip Rivers. Absolutely. Um, hate to see him go out. Uh, Indianapolis – is definitely, at least in my mind, um, right there with the chance to contend in the AFC. Um, I, I personally would root for, for Phillip Rivers coming out for one more year. Absolutely. Uh, he's definitely, set, especially second half of the season, seemed to have a lot left in the tank. Um, but nonetheless, the Buffalo Bills moved on there. Um, I'm going to say one more thing. Uh, Phillip Rivers, I don't, I, I don't believe it's going to be his last year. I think that that he may come back and they may want to bring him back to help mentor a young quarterback that they may happen to pick up in the draft. Or even uh, was that Jacob Eason that's mm-hmm. sitting there behind him. Um, a, a thing that may have kind of sparked interest for next year's fantasy as you guys sit there and you start to look up next year's stuff and this year's stats, Jonathan Taylor out-carried Naeem Hines 21-6, to obviously in firm, firm control of that backfield ending their season. So that's a, a leg up he has on next year. He also out. He also caught more. One more pass. One yeah. more pass. What's interesting though is that Jonathan Taylor had 15 more carries, but only managed to gain three more yards um, on those carries. So that's interesting as well. Now, granted, 
Um, Jonathan Taylor's running between the tackles more often than not. Naeem Hines is getting outside and bouncing it. So um, it's definitely worth noting that, that Naeem Hines still was very productive given the opportunity that he had. Absolutely, absolutely. And Michael Pittman had another really uh, pretty decent game out there. He was 5 for 90, 18-yard uh, average. Uh, he's coming on strong as of late to end the season with Phillip Rivers and that Indianapolis uh, offense. As was Zach Pascal. As was Zach Pascal. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, that's a receiving core to uh, keep an eye on for next year. No doubt. Uh, the next next game on Saturday's slate. Actually, let's do it. Let's do it differently. So the Bills, as the two seed, are going to be taking on uh, the Ravens. So let's talk about how the Ravens got to this position. The the, the Ravens kind of put a good uh, put in some good work. They fell down ten nothing early. Um, we all thought we were seeing last year's playoff game all over again. And then all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson comes out. He threw that one pick on, I believe it was his first or second pass attempt. Clearly bad pass right to the defense. And then Lamar Jackson goes, no, I'm not letting this be my out. And he showed back up. 16 carries for 136 yards Lamar Jackson had. He threw 179 total yards in that game as the Bravens moved on uh, beating the Tennessee Titans. It's also, for fantasy note, I do want to put this out. This is – I believe six weeks straight that Marquise Brown has been fantasy relevant. Of those 179 yards he threw for, 109 yards for Marquise Brown. So I think Marquise Brown, is his skill is now starting to come out. Yeah, it was pretty much all Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews um, receiving for the Ravens. Um, Ravens got it done, nonetheless. So that's the, the first matchup of, of, of the divisional round is – uh, the Ravens Bills. Um, the next game we'll talk about. Let's move into the. Uh, we'll just finish the AFC out. You're going to have the Chiefs versus the Browns this week. Um, the, the the Steelers and Browns. Um, the Steelers came out to a or to a very very slow start, and the Browns did not. Um, it looked though for a while the the Steelers may will themselves back into the game. Um, definitely didn't get that done though. Uh, Baker Mayfield looked phenomenal. The run game looked phenomenal. The defense looked good. Um, if if the deep or if that team's able to put forty eight points up again this week, uh, they're going to have a shot against Kansas City. Opposite side of the ball, um, same thing we said for Philip Rivers. If it's the end for Ben Roethlisberger, I hope it's not. What do you throw for five hundred yards? Five hundred one. Yes, five hundred yards, four touchdowns, he, four interceptions, sixty eight pass attempts. Yeah, through. noted. Uh, he is. He broke the record for most completions in a game. That's in a game, not playoff. It's playoff and season game. That's the most completions in a game. I, you know, I hope. I hope Ben Roethlisberger doesn't hang it up yet either. I hope he comes out for one more year. I don't know how that old um, man's shoulder is still attached. Uh, you know, he's he probably had some ice on that afterwards. <laughs> but nonetheless, that wraps up your AFC. You got the Browns. Uh, traveling to Kansas City, and you got the Ravens traveling to Buffalo. Let's move over to the NFC. Um, uh, I guess we'll talk about it. Let's let's just start at the bottom of the bracket, and we'll go with the Saints Bears game. Um, uh, Saints, I think, were really in firm control of that. Uh, the Bears kept themselves in that for uh, for a lot of the game, at least going into half. Um, obviously, um, I think Jimmy Graham made one heck of a catch to end the game. Um, Might be the catch of the year. Absolutely. Uh, but I think the Saints pretty much had control of that the whole yeah, game. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, the, one thing to note is the last two weeks, uh, maybe even three, you could correct me if I'm wrong, Alvin Kamara has been doing most of his work on the ground. He had 23 total carries this week. I believe last week he also toted the ball 20 times. 
Alvin Kamara can do it on the ground last, and in the air. Last week he did not. He had COVID. Oh, I'm sorry. The week 16. Correct. 16. Um, yeah, he only had, uh, what is that, two receptions. He only had two receptions in this game. Well, week 16 he also had six touchdowns. Yeah, so, so I mean, definitely but most of it was on had. the ground. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, the uh, the uh, New Orleans Saints, are what they are what they are. They're, they're a run-first team. Uh, now versus what they would have been two or three years ago uh, when Drew Brees still had some gas in the tank. That's another name, an, another Hall of Famer um, who we could be seeing make his last run here. Um, you know, uh, the defense was solid. Um, Bears just left a lot to be desired in that game as far as um, the production. Mitch Trubisky, in my mind, has earned the right to come back and be the quarterback in Chicago again, um, which may not be the, the most popular opinion. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, Mitch Trubisky had what four total losses if you count this one on the year. Um, Mitch, I think, really came out and and showed that he can be an NFL starting quarterback. Uh, he can get your team over that hump. Absolutely, just don't go out there asking him to throw that ball fifty sometimes. Yeah, no you, doubt. You got to be a run first offense if you if you want Mitch, who is a free agent. If you want him, you better be a run first uh, offense. What's what's the likelihood that Allen Robinson's back in a Bears? I don't think Allen Robinson's back in a Bears uniform next year. I think he's going to go out, and I think Allen Robinson might go chasing a ring. The, I, you could see him going after a quarterback who can throw a little bit better. More stable quarterback situation definitely be a possibility. Nonetheless, the Saints moved on, and the Saints will be playing the Buccaneers, who got it done against the Washington No Names. Uh, the game started out where Washington had a real good chance. I thought for for many points of it, they had a good chance at the end there. Um, you know that Taylor Henneke. Uh, kept him in the game. Looked like he had a lot of heart. Kid had a lot yes. of heart. He was going out there, and, and rather than sliding on some of his scrambles, he was out there diving for the first downs, diving for the pylons. He wasn't ready to give up a starting gig. He was like, man, I got this. If I get a win, maybe I'll get a play next week. Um, I think I think he earned himself a roster spot next Definitely. year and to possibly compete Definitely. with if they bring in an incoming rookie quarterback, Definitely. compete with Alex Smith. I think this kid definitely earned himself a roster spot somewhere to compete for a starting now, job. Now, did did Antonio Gibson? I know he had some bright spots this year. With I, what he did this weekend, that running back room's got to be wide open next year. I think know? I think that running back room is wide open. I think uh, you got Gibson with only fourteen carries. You did have McKissick with two, and uh, the wide receiver had one. But with um, with that running back room and and them not running as much, yes, he had fourteen carries. Obviously, they fell behind a lot. So. But once again, he wasn't really involved in the passing game either. He was only two for four. We all know they're passing down back is J.D. McKissick. Yes. But Tyler Henneke, he wanted to push the ball down the field. You're looking at Cam Sims, Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, Steven Sims were the ones who benefited from this quarterback. Sure. So I think if, if, you're, if you're going after a Washington team, make sure you keep an eye on, on who, who's still in that backfield, who's still the receiving core, because this kid starts. You may be looking at some sleeper, deep, deep sleepers next year with him. You know, hopefully by the time, next time we talk about Washington, there's a, there's a name involved with them, so uh, we don't yeah. have to call them the Washington No Names or the football team, whatever. Nonetheless, Buccaneers, Tampa Bay just went out and did their own thing. Buccaneers Saints. Tom Brady did Tom Brady things in the playoffs. Uh, nothing to be surprised about there. I do want to I do want to bring out Tom Brady looked almost young. He looked he looked pretty good out there. He didn't look like he was showing his age. Slung the ball forty times, uh, twenty two completions. I think Tom Brady. Has a real good shot at making a run with this team. I mean, obviously there's no joke. They had the receiving core there. Sure. But, yeah, Tom Brady looked really good. Tom Brady looked comfortable, which I don't know if maybe it was them getting their linemen back. I don't know what their injury history was with that. 
or if Tom Brady's just more comfortable in the playoffs than he is the season. Could be. Um, yeah, yeah. nonetheless, Tampa Bay got it done. Um, and then the last game, so which will feature the Packers versus the Rams. Ouch. Um, Rams got it done um, pretty much the way we told you here last week. If the Rams were going to win, it was going to be through the run game. Um, John Wolf- Wolford started the game, got hurt real early, took it out on a stretcher. Uh, yeah, he went uh, almost immediately to the hospital. They evaluated him in the back. He went straight to the hospital. Tough hit. Um, I, I don't want to say it was a dirty hit. Definitely was um, – uh, probably should have been flagged. But um, nonetheless, just hyped up. Jam- J- or, uh, Adams was in his first playoff game. He was real hopped up. He did dive at him. Wolford took a bad hit. It's football, guys. Move on. Uh, it's, it'll be interesting to see because if he's good to go, there's talk of him possibly starting next week against uh, the Green Bay Packers there. That's a mistake, but yes. I, is it? Because, honestly, uh, yes, uh, Jared Goff got the win. Jared Goff did not look comfortable throwing the ball and gripping the ball. He didn't have any interceptions. Some of his passes were behind, everything else. Seattle's defense just did not show up at all. There was barely any pass rush on him. Uh, our offensive line decided not to even block anybody because even when Aaron Donald was missing uh, – Seattle just, just didn't look like they even wanted to be there. Yeah, you talk about pass rush. There was no lack of that on the opposite side of the ball. Russ Absolutely. had no time to get anything done. And if that pass rush is as fired up to get to Russ, or Aaron Rodgers as they were Aaron, uh, Russell Wilson, Seattle, or Los Angeles is going to have a real good chance to upset the Packers too this week. Um, nonetheless, um, let's talk about Cam Akers coming out with 28 carries. Cam Akers is definitely the running back to own and um, – Los Angeles. Absolutely. Um, we we have so we have our our divisional round established. Okay, we've got the Packers and the Rams, Saints, Buccaneers. We've got the Chiefs and the Ravens, or excuse me, Chiefs and Browns, Ravens and Bills. So right now, Walker and I in our hot shot bet both have all four of our our um, final four final eight conference teams. championship teams still still there. Um, so let's get right down into it. The first game of the week is the Packers versus the Los Angeles Rams on Saturday. Walker, I'll let you go first. Obviously, you have the Packers moving on here, not who you thought the Packers would be playing. Nonetheless, you've got the Packers moving on here. I do. So, I, uh, I, I do. I have the Packers moving on against uh, even, even with the Rams coming in out of nowhere. Now, the Rams could be a sneaky pick, though, to beat out the Packers. That's the number one defense. Everyone says defense wins championships. Defenses win championships. The Rams got the number one defense. They got a brilliant, brilliant pass rush. Um, if Aaron Donald. Best corner in football right Best now, corner, too. best lockdown corner in football right now. Um, if Aaron Donald can get to Rodgers and, and company there, because there's a lot of other names on that line, if they can get to Rodgers and make him a little uncomfortable, which is always hard with Rodgers because he always looks so comfortable, if they can get there and create maybe a turnover or two, this game is, is right there for the taking. Well, opposite side of, of the ball, Green Bay can't stop a run. I know a lot of people got hyped up when they shut down Derrick Henry. Um, but nonetheless, as a whole this season, Green Bay has not been able to shut down the run. Cam Akers is as hot as any running back is right now. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if Cam gets it done. You you got the Packers moving on here. I'm I'm gonna say, I've got I've got the Packers in my final four. Not part of the hot shot bet because our brackets are already filled out. I think the Rams have a really really good chance to uh, beat the Green Bay Packers, and the reason behind that is, I think Jalen Ramsey is gonna shadow um, Devontae Adams. 
force Aaron Rodgers to go elsewhere with the ball, which I'm not saying isn't something that can't happen. It just doesn't happen very often. I mean, where else? I mean, Tanyan. Tanyan, Lazard, Aaron Jones. There's plenty of other places to, to, to move that, to move the ball. Nonetheless, though, I think uh, I think the, for, for, for just for pure speaking points, I think the Rams upset them. I think they get it done with their defense, and the, the offense puts up just enough points. Could the, um, could the Rams be possibly a little sneaky pick to make it to the Super Bowl? If their defense plays the way they did on Saturday, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the Rams come in. They had to wait, you know, what, last week they had to actually hope the Bears lost in order to sneak in, I believe. No, that was Arizona. They would have needed to. They would have, yeah. They, if, they, if they would have lost Arizona, they would have needed. Yes, if yes, they would have needed. So, Arizona. but I mean, the Rams sneak in as the as the the sixth seed. They come in, and I I think that the Rams could be a sneaky little little team to make it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so let's let's go ahead and move on into the other NFC game. We'll just stay there. We've got the New Orleans Saints playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the third time. Um, we've all seen the meme of the his- this game should be played on the History Channel. You got two dinosaurs under center: Drew Brees, Tom Brady. Um, Walker, what do you make of this game? Give me, give me your take. I think, I think this game right here is going to be a very fun one to watch. Always is when these two teams to meet. It's always said. Prime example. Let's go back to Steelers, Browns, uh, Rams, Seattle. When you play a team for the third time in the season, everything, anything's unpredictable. I mean. So, but I think I think you're going to come out. I think you're going to see Tampa Bay if their if their defense gets in that lockdown mode that they they have been in before earlier in the year. I think they can pull away with this. Um, I just I think that the Saints. I think Drew, they're all motivated out there. Uh, Alvin Kamara is doing his own thing on the ground on the ground through the air. Michael Thomas is back. Looks. Looked decent. He didn't look like he was full speed, but we're hoping maybe he will be this week. I think the Saints get it done, and I think they get it done pretty decently. I'm not saying they're going to blow them out, but I do think this game will be a touchdown touchdown uh, differential here. Yeah, so I'm going to say the same thing I said last week for the Saints. If the Saints win, it's got to be it's got to be behind Alvin Kamara. Um, I, I believe Sean Payton and I are on the same wavelength here. Because I said that last week, and then they got it done through the legs of Alvin Kamara. Um, I, I, I think, I think this game will be a different paced game than the Saints versus Bears. I, I think it'll be more Alvin Kamara through the air, getting him out in space, letting him make guys miss. Um, that that's kind of been their their mo for success against the Buccaneers um, this season. Um, that that Tampa Bay defense is pretty good as well. Um, but granted, they're playing a much tougher opponent than. The Washington offense, absolutely. Uh, I, I do. I think the Saints probably get the nod here, and I, I'm kind of in agreement with you. I think it's probably a touchdown separating the two. I teams. think, and, and New Orleans came out, and even though they had you know Michael Thomas and everything back, that Harris, uh, the young, the young uh, Deontay, un, Deontay, the young undrafted, right. undrafted wide receiver, he came out there and he showed what he's got, and I think Breeze is developing a little more confidence with him. So that's that's a big boost with Michael Thomas being back taking the number one corner. So I think Breeze, Breeze is now getting more comfortable with the receivers he has around him. I think he just needed his his best his go to his best friend back. Yeah, no doubt. But but nonetheless, that's your NFC. So we we wouldn't be shocked to see the Rams upset the Packers. I think we're both on agreement. So that's the one game that we think could go either way over there in the NFC. Yeah, yeah. I think we're both a little more certain on New Orleans versus Tampa. Uh, although it's definitely hard to, to rule out Tom Brady, it's, it's it's also hard to rule out you going three and zero against the team. It's true. It, that doesn't. It's it's hard. It's a hard feat to do. Yes. Um, but 
uh, we're both in agreement. So let's go ahead and go into the NFC uh, or the AFC. Um, you've got the uh, on Saturday, the Saturday night game is the Ravens traveling to Buffalo to play the Bills. Um, two teams that are they're highlighted by their quarterback play. Um, quarterback's legs. Quarterback's <laughs> legs too. Yeah, no doubt. Um, man, the Ravens are hot right now, um, but they're going to have to score more than what twenty points. Uh, Absolutely. They're going to score. They're going to have to score in the thirties to beat Buffalo. I, I firmly believe that. Uh, I, the only way I see this being a close game is if the Bills' offense just struggles um, for the first time of the year, or whatever. Um, I, I, I think. I think the Bills. In my mind, the Bills are a solid running back away from being the front runner for the next few years. Absolutely. Um, I, I see. The, I see the Bills winning this game. Uh, and and making their way into the conference championship week, I I just don't see the Ravens' offense being potent enough to keep pace with the Bills' offense. Now now with me with the Bills, I'm watching this. They, they struggle against the run. The Ravens love to run. Um, this will be um, Josh Allen. Obviously, will have to out throw uh, Lamar Jackson, which isn't that hard to do. But that's a good defense he's going up against. Um, we is, saw is that- the Ravens' defense better than the Colts. I think the I think the Ravens secondary is better. I think the front seven is is better for Indy, but I think the Ravens secondary is a better unit. I, I think you're probably right with Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, but I would still say as a whole, Indianapolis's defense is better overall. Yeah, I think so. Um, and and one thing is, um, I noticed that that Josh Allen is is. is Struggles against zone blitzes, which is what Indy runs. Obviously, he did struggle a little bit this week. I mean, it didn't look like it, but he did struggle a little bit at the beginning of the game, so sure. he figured it out. I know Baltimore's more man-to-man dependent, and I'm sorry, the receivers there in, the receivers there in Buffalo are just so speedy and good route runners. Even the young Gabriel Davis is a good route runner. You got well, Stephon Diggs out there. I, I think Buffalo – has the advantage with the receivers. You there. saw Marlon Humphrey struggle to keep AJ Brown in con- in con- in containment, and I think AJ Brown plays a similar similar style to um, Stephon Diggs. Absolutely. Stephon Diggs may be a touch quicker, but yeah. I think they have a similar play style. Both of them can go up and get it over a defender. Uh, I, I just I see the Buffalo or the Ravens defense struggling with Buffalo a little bit. I, I think this game is a ten point game. I think uh, absolutely. I think the Bills. Uh, I think the Bills end up. I think it's going to be a lot closer than ten. I think we're talking field goal to field goal to five points differential here. Um, the Bills. What the what's what they're really going to need is I think Cole Beasley is going to be the whole X factor of this game. Um, as long as he can get going from the slot. Um, I think I think the Bills will be just fine if he gets going early and him and Josh Allen get that connection early. I, I believe I could fully see it being a ten point ten plus point win over there. Okay, fair enough. So our last game of the weekend, um, or the last game of the AFC rather, the last game of the weekends, uh, the best game in my mind, the Saints and Bucks. Um, but the the last game of the AFC is the Cleveland Browns traveling to Kansas City to play Patrick Mahomes and the reigning MVP or the reigning Super Bowl champs. The, the the Chiefs. What rather than you picking me a winner, tell me what it's going to take for Cleveland to win this game. How do you beat Patrick Mahomes? You run the ball. And what does Cleveland do? They run the ball very well. Very well. They have two dynamic running backs, top ten running backs, probably in the NFL, not just fantasy wise. I believe one hundred and ten percent the Browns have a chance of this. You but you're going to have to run that ball 35, 40 times. Well, they also have a quarterback under center right now 
who's doing a very good job of mitigating turnovers in Baker. Baker's playing very good sound football, not flashy necessarily, um, but doing enough in the quarterback position to keep his team in it and, and letting that run game stay uh, dominant. And he's and Jar- him and Jarvis Landry are on another level right now as yeah. far as as far as that goes. Yeah, I think and and with the Browns, I think the one main way to stay in this game for a long period of time and not let it get out of hand, you have to you have to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Maybe and if you could if they get a turnover. This game could be a lot closer than a lot of people are looking. I believe the line opened at nine and a half points in the favor of the Chiefs, obviously. One turnover away, and I think the Browns are right in this game. We saw this week they're very capable of getting them. They don't drop many passes that are interceptable. I think that I, I think the Browns are able to stick in this game, but I think the Chiefs end up pulling it away. If Patrick Mahomes plays down to their level like he has been to certain teams. I wouldn't be surprised to see Cleveland upset them. You know, um, for me, um, the way Cleveland wins this game is Cleveland has to score early and often, similar to what they did in Pittsburgh. Get a couple score lead, let the run game salt away clock, and make the other team play catch-up, similar to what they did with Pittsburgh. Now, the odds of that happening against Kansas City are much uh, slimmer. Uh, Kansas City is a much more well-rounded offense. Um, but, again, like you said, we've seen Patrick Mahomes play down to his opponents several times this, this year. Um and I just I have I have a, a gut feeling that this game's going to end up being a lot closer um, than most people would expect. Um, but I, I do think Kansas City goes ahead and wins. Uh, I I I think it's closer than what Vegas has given the odds at. But nonetheless, I, I I think I think Cleveland ends up pulling it out. Yep, absolutely. I believe I believe you're 110 percent right. I think Cleveland does have a very very good shot at pulling it out, but. Kansas City, I think you're looking at your final four packs. Packs, Saints, Chiefs, Bills, I think that's the final yeah, four you're and looking we're, at. We're both in agreement to that. Any, anything uh, happens to change that, and we're both, uh, we're both in some world of hurt here uh, oh, yeah. as far as the hot shot um, bet goes. All right, so that's, that's your playoffs at this point. Um, we, we talked about at the beginning of the episode we're going we're gonna to break down the top ten quarterbacks as they finish this year. Um, and the way we're going to do that is we're just going to talk about the top ten um, in rankings in no particular order. And then um, we're going to both talk about a couple guys that we think could end up falling out of the top ten next year for fantasy and a couple of guys who could worm their way into the top ten um, based on their, their quarterback play. And that's something you're going to see us continue to do over the next couple of weeks. We'll, we'll take, take running backs next week, wide receivers the week after, tight ends, defenses, and maybe kickers in the same episode if we get around to it. Um, we do want to do a very special episode for the Super Bowl. We're going to do nothing but talk about the Super Bowl. Prop um, bets, everything else. Prop bets, yeah. The big, the big Super Bowl parlay. You, there'll probably be another hot shot bet for us in the in Absolutely. The Super I think Bowl. we should do a couple of those there. Maybe a couple. I don't know. We'll see how bad the uh, first one goes because I have a feeling we'll be doing our hot shot. The, the loser will be doing the first shot in the Super Bowl because um, we'll, we should have a, a fairly good idea who wins Absolutely. Uh, at that point. But without further ado, um, Let's just kind of start at the bottom and work our way to the top here in, in our top ten. Number ten, a guy that you and I both hated on all year. Still don't. Still not a big still, fan. Of him. I'm still not sold on him as a quarterback either. Um, nonetheless, Lamar Jackson finished the season as a, as a top ten quarterback. Um, 2,757 yards passing, 26 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Uh, only quarterback to eclipse 1,000 yards rushing. Um, and he had uh, se- uh, seven touchdowns to go with that. Um, so definitely in the top ten based on what he did with his legs. Um, 
definitely had uh, the second or tied for the least amount of touchdown passes in our top ten. Um, you know, just mediocre play out of, out of him this year. Not what anybody expected, especially not with where his with his where his draft ADP was. Um, definitely not. What Definitely not expecting. a first or second round draft pick where you probably had to get him. Yes. Or if you were lucky to even get him in the third, I still yeah. don't think he lived up to that. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think so either. Um, number nine, a guy who – another guy that most didn't expect to be here, um, Justin Herbert. If he plays all all 16 games, I think this is he's significantly higher in the rankings than where he's at right now. Uh, 4,336 yards passing, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. 234 yards on the ground and five touchdowns. I think you're looking at you're looking at close to to 4,800 yards passing probably if he plays those first two games of the season. Probably another couple of touchdowns, maybe an interception or two. Um, probably a top five quarterback if he plays all 16 games. Absolutely. Um, number eight, Ryan Tannehill, uh, 3,819 yards passing, 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions, 266 yards. Uh, rushing with seven touchdowns, uh, tied for for fourth most for a quarterback. Uh, number seven, Tom Brady, 4,633 yards, 40 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, uh, whopping six yards rushing with three touchdowns. Killer. Another just a, the typical Tom Brady year. About what you expect from Tom Brady, about 40 touchdowns, over 10 interceptions. And I, I can't say you expect more than a couple on the ground, but – um, you take what you can get from from old man Tom there. Number six, um, another guy who should have been well in the top five but fell off to end the season, Russell Wilson, 4,212 yards passing, 46 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 513 yards rushing, and two touchdowns on the ground. Um, did most of, most of that damage in the first, what, ten weeks of the season? Absolutely. Then kind of slowed down a little bit. Seattle got focused back on that run game. Uh, number five, Kyler Murray, 3,971 yards, 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 819 yards rushing, 11 touchdowns. <coughs> Your most uh, rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. Uh, number four, Deshaun Watson. This is Deshaun Watson breaking the top five is really impressive to me with how bad Houston started off this year. Um, but nonetheless, 4,823 yards passing, 33 touchdown passes, seven interceptions, 444 yards on the ground, three TDs. Uh, number three, Patrick Mahomes, 4,740 yards passing, 38 touchdowns, six interceptions, 308 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Definitely um, got your money's worth out of him if you drafted him early. I mean, not really, though. He was a first-round draft pick, and the next two names you're about to put, I guarantee, were fifth or below. Yes, I, I do agree with that. But nonetheless, you still got a guy in Patrick Mahomes who got 25 points a game. Yeah. Who, how many players in the first round got you 25 points every game they played? That's that's true. I just I still think uh, drafting a quarterback in the first round is just I, crazy. I think drafting a quarterback in the top five rounds is ill-advised, unless you're in a, a, a super flex league. Yeah. I mean, you're, look, you're looking at all these quarterbacks here. You tell me which ones you drafted in the first five rounds. You got your Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler, maybe Kyler, Kyler Murray. Deshaun Watson was a top five pick. Uh, but that's – yeah, I, that's about I think, it. I, I, I think Deshaun Watson was right there on that borderline of fifth. So, I mean, he may have snuck in there. But, I mean, everything, everybody else is probably outside the top five. Yeah, I mean, I, I would never um, – advise anyone to draft a quarterback just because 
you're you're getting 25 points a, a game out of your top scoring quarterbacks on average, give or take. You can get a guy who's in the 20s in the 10th or 11th round, week in week out. And those five points aren't going to win you or lose you any games, especially not when if you're instead of taking a quarterback in a top three rounds, you're getting a running back that's so hard to come by, or an elite receiver that's hard to come by, or a top of the line tight end. Where quarterback in, in fantasy terms, there's the lowest drop off between the premier quarterbacks and the next tier versus what there is in the premier running backs, premier receivers, and premier tight ends in the drop-off. The tight end position is the biggest drop-off Absolutely. in my mind. I mean, but, you're talking top five top five QBs. The number one QB scored four, 495 points, and the number five was, what, Kyler Murray at 471. So, I yeah, mean, so, I mean, it's they're, they're right there. I, I agree. It's it's not a huge difference. But, nonetheless, I still say if you if you were pressured or felt the need to if you drafted Patrick Mahomes that early, you weren't disappointed in what you got. He did what you expected him to do, yes? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Number two, Aaron Rodgers, phenomenal year there, 4,299 yards passing, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions, 249 yards on the ground and two scores. And number one, Josh Allen, 4,544 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 421 yards on the ground, 8 touchdowns with his legs. Now, they, these these rankings will fluctuate a little bit depending on where you look them up and how they judge it. This is off of our league. We're a 5-touchdown or 5-point five touchdown, touchdown per passing. Um, so, and it is a PPR league, which honestly doesn't make, doesn't make a huge difference this year. But you also saw like Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, and Ryan Tannehill all caught one pass. So, I mean, that does add, you know, one point, no big deal. But, yes, that is 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 – I want to make sure you guys understand this well, is and, our league's and standard In standard leagues, Kyler Murray is probably one of the higher quarterbacks because of his rushing touchdowns. Absolutely, absolutely. Because there is a higher premium on rushing touchdowns. I mean, you're looking versus, at rushing touchdowns. The next closest one was, what, four away at seven was eight. Tannehill? Josh Allen had eight. Josh Allen had eight. I apologize. Yeah, Josh, Josh Allen had right eight. Over. All but, right, yeah. so – Walker, give me two names that you think could fall out of this, and I'll give you my two names before we discuss guys that we think could claw in there. The first one I'm going to say is Russell Wilson. As a diehard Seahawks fan, and, and he did all of his damage at the beginning of the year, Pete Carroll already came out and said, we got to get back to the run, we got to get back to the run, we got to get back to the run. I'm sorry, Pete, but you better get a line if you're going to get back to that run. And you better spend some money on it to protect Russell. Um, I think I think Russell Wilson slides. I don't want to say he falls out of the top ten, but that's maybe just me being a huge Russell Wilson fan. But I think Russell is one name that you could see slide out of the top ten due to the fact they want to get back to the run. They want to take the pressure off him. Now, another thing with Russell is, and this is why I don't think he falls out of the top ten completely, you get back to that run, teams start keying on that run, Russell's going to kill you with that deep ball. Yeah. Because that's what he's known for. Sure. Now, another name, I think Ryan Tannehill falls out of the top ten. And here's why. Not that Tennessee isn't an up-and-coming team. They, um, they focus in on that run. They focus in Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. Tannehill loses Corey Davis, one of his safety blankets this year. Possibly uh, lose. Possibly lose Corey Davis to free agency. A lot of teams are going to – Is uh, losing his offensive coordinator. His offensive coordinator will be a head coach someplace that will change some things up there in Tennessee as well. New offense is another reason. I'm glad you brought that up. I need to get a little bit closer on these coaching changes. Um, now I will, now that I have nothing left to cheer for. Uh, Welcome but, to my life. <laughs> but, yeah, Ryan Tannehill, I think, will fall out of your top ten. 
I think teams will key in and more contain him to the pocket and make him pass when he's not allowing um, Derrick Henry just to pound the rock. Um, I know his legs did a whole lot of work this year. I just don't see him doing as much on his legs. Yeah, the, the odds of him snaking seven touchdowns in the goal line from, from Derrick Henry again is, is minimal, I would yes. imagine. Yes. But, yes. Um, if, if I'm going to pick two top ten quarterbacks that I say fall out, um, the first one is I'm going to continue on the hate train with this young man. Uh, I don't believe in him as a quarterback. Lamar Jackson falls out of the top ten. He made it by the skin of his teeth this year. Um, I, I, I just don't think, unless Baltimore does a lot in addressing um, what outside weapons for him, um, makes him settle down as a running quarterback a little bit and makes him stand in the pocket and throw, I don't see his passing being good enough. And, and the emergence of J.K. Dobbins, I think will take a lot of his rushing um, burden away from him. I think he finishes a top 15 quarterback. I just think he falls out of the top 10. Uh, you talk about Lamar Jackson. I do want to bring up, I watched that game pretty closely as a J.K. Dobbins owner in our dynasty league. And a lot of these run pass options, a lot of these defenses are keying in on, on Lamar Jackson because of his speed. So Dobbins has taken a lot more of the uh, run pass uh, ball that carries out of his hands. So I think you're definitely going to see Dobbins's carries come up, Lamar's go down, and Gus Edwards is just sitting there holding on to play too. He's getting some totes too. So I definitely see Lamar Jackson can could possibly slide out of the, the top. The other side. one I'm going to say, and it's just because I, I've said it several times this year on this podcast, even Father Time is undefeated. Tom Brady's going to slow down at some point. <laughs> As a Falcons fan. As the Bucks being a division rival, I want to hold out hope that that, that time is next year. Uh, I do think there will be a, be a, a, a slowdown for him. Um, whether it's enough to knock him out of the top ten or not, I'm not entirely sold on it. But I'm going to say he finished in the bottom half of the top ten. There's a couple guys that, that I think will make the top ten that would push him out. So I, I am going to go on record and say that I think Tom Brady finishes outside of the top ten quarterbacks next year. Um, granted, the receiving core is great, but if if Chris Godwin leaves and goes elsewhere, or they get an established running back that can come in and and take pressure off of Brady where he doesn't have to throw, that'll change the course of the, that team a lot. Um, and I, I just think it'll be interesting to see if if Tom Brady can find his way to get back in that top ten. And Tom Brady, if I'm not mistaken, Antonio Brown signed a one year deal, so he might be out. He might be out. Um, Chris Godwin is is a free agent this year. Um, Leonard Fournette's a free agent this year, I believe. And um, who am I thinking? Oh, Gronk is another free agent. Um, if Tom Brady and the Bucks somehow win the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be surprised to see Tom Brady just go out on it as a winner. Yeah, no, I, I think there are several um, quarterbacks that could be in that same boat. I think, um, I think uh, Drew Brees, if the Saints happen to win the Super Bowl, um, Drew Brees slides his way out. Um, you know, uh, obviously, um, he's probably the only one. Aaron Rodgers, I doubt it. <sighs> he's playing too good a football for him to retire if they win. Absolutely, I but don't you never rule, you never rule, rule it out. You don't. A lot of guys don't want to be in and play wet past their prime and, and go out on a bad note. So some some people would take that opportunity to retire on top. Um, whether Aaron Rodgers is is in that, we'll we'll have to wait and see. But nonetheless, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. All right. But before I do that, I want you to tell me the two guys that you think will make it in and why. Make it into the top ten next year? I think Joe Burrow does. If he's back for a full season, I could see Joe Burrow. He's not your flashy runner, but he does have the legs to get out of the pocket. He was, I mean, second in completions going into his injury. If Burrow's back for a full year. Second attempts. 
Seth. And fifth in yards before his injury. Yeah. So those so, are your top ten numbers. I think I think Joe Burrow sneaks into the top ten. Um, I, I think that he'll have a little more grasp on the offense. Hopefully they add another receiver to him, possibly a lineman also. And um, I think that I think that he will have more chemistry going into next year with his wide receivers and not feel the need just to force a TJ. Maybe like maybe did. Joe Mixon will be back and healthy and take yeah. some pressure off as well. Who knows? Let's um, hold hope. Maybe yeah. they'll maybe they'll add Jamar Chase, his best friend back. I, I definitely <laughs> had uh, Joe Burrow as one of the guys I thought would make it into the top ten as well next year. Um, I, I I just think that uh, he was. Had he have not gotten injured again, it's it's hard to say what ifs or or you could do it all day. Um, I I just think that he's talented enough and has a decent enough supporting cast there um, to to will his way um, into uh, the top ten. Who, who else you got for me? It's, it's no surprise, Dak Prescott. He's going to come back from injury. Dak Prescott's a given. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I think he's going to come right back in. Um, to the top ten, uh, Dak Prescott is. I mean, he was what number one or two prior to his yes. injury. He was just killing it out there. I think Dak goes right back in there. If you want me to get a little more risque take, I'll throw out another name. Uh, one that you could possibly see sneak in is Baker Mayfield. Well, go ahead and talk about it since that seemed to be the one that you were thinking. Hey, uh, uh, my other one was Baker Mayfield. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, Baker Mayfield had a, had a sneaky great year this year. Quiet year. Uh, two hundred or three thousand five hundred sixty-three yards, twenty-six touchdowns, eight interceptions. So on pure passing alone, you take out the legwork, he's got much better stats than Lamar Jackson, who was in the top ten this Correct. year. Um, Baker only ran up for one hundred sixty-five yards and one touchdown. Baker is mobile enough to do that, um, but he he just didn't have to this year. That running game's way too good there. Um, whether OBJ stays or goes, I think Cleveland's going to have to add. Another weapon there. I just don't trust Rashard Higgins, or um, even though he's done it, I don't see Jarvis Landry as a true, true number one. Uh, I think Cleveland's going to have to add something there. Um, my my obvious inclination would be to just to resign OBJ, um, but hopefully hopefully OBJ comes in and they and they don't try to force him the ball had they the last year and a half. Um, but I think Baker Mayfield is talented enough and has proven himself. Um, capable of being a top 10 quarterback absolutely uh obviously you got to throw two attack of alalia in there as well two has got the whole skill set he's going to be a top probably top five quarterback next year um i'm I'm kidding completely i i wish i wasn't i wish i had more faith in him um but there is that rumor out there that deshaun watson and him may trade places if that happens that's a huge implication that i would put deshaun watson as the quarterback one in fantasy next year if he goes to miami uh, ooh, quarterback one's real tough with Josh Allen. And it Kyle is, Murray it and is, but Deshaun Watson's a top five quarterback with what? Well, yeah, exactly. With exactly. what? Uh, nothing. Uh, Brandon Cooks. Um, another thing I want to I want to put out is I think you're going to see one of these rookies. That's exactly the curveball I was going to throw to you. I want you to tell me what rookie makes it in the top ten and what team that rookie needs to go to in order to be a top ten. I think Trevor Lawrence obviously has a, a, a ample opportunity there in Jacksonville if he does go number one. Um, so I'm going to go down, and I think if you see Fields go to the Jets, he's going to have to do a lot with his legs. I think maybe his running might get him into the top ten. Um, I would say Zach Wilson, but I think Zach Wilson's going to fall into a backup role. So I think Fields is the obvious second choice of making it into the top ten. He would have to go to a team like the Jets where he's an immediate starter. Um, who else would be an immediate if starter? If Justin Fields goes to the Jets and, and they don't cut Andy Dalton or trade Andy Dalton, or uh, excuse me, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. 
that has to be a quarterback competition at camp, doesn't it? Absolutely, and I think Fields will end up taking it. I think so, too, but uh, Sam Darnold was very, very highly touted out of college, and he's still so young. My thing, Fields makes the top ten if he goes to New England. If he somehow slides to number 15 or New well, England like, moves up. That's where Todd McShay has him going. Exactly. If he somehow gets to, into New England, he gets in that Belichick offense. Yes, it's a hard offense to learn. But I think Belichick's a smart enough man to build that offense around him, and he's got a lot better, I think, running ability and passing ability than Cam Newton does at this time in his career. That's fair. Um, if I was to, to pick a quarterback in their in their right spot, a lot of as 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 y'all know, I'm a Falcons fan, diehard. I'm on a lot of Falcons pages, and the consensus I keep seeing is that the Falcons are going to try to draft, draft Zach Wilson at number four and possibly look to trade Matt Ryan. I hope that's not what happens. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily be upset to see them take Zach Wilson at four. I just don't necessarily want to see him trade Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan's got some left in the tank. I think but Matt- if Zach Wilson goes there and they trade Matt Ryan, and Zach Wilson's the day one starter, he's got the best weapons out of any, what any rookie as quarterback As long as they all ha- or stay. stay. Even if they don't, I still think Calvin Ridley's a better weapon than anything in Jacksonville. Calvin Ridley's a better weapon than anything in New England. Um, better weapon than anything in Washington, who's also looking to add a quarterback, which I'll get to that in a second. But I just think Atlanta offensively is sound enough that you put a decent rookie in that in that situation, they're going to have a chance to have a high ceiling. Whether they meet that or not is another story. But what I'm going to say is I think Trey Lance falls to Washington. Ron Rivera gets his Superman 2.0 and Trey Lance – and Washington's got a good enough receiving core, decent enough run game. The defense is amazing there that if Trey Lance slides to them at their pick and they take him and he's an immediate starter, which any quarterback drafted in Washington is going to have an open competition. Absolutely they will. I want to breach on your Atlanta. I know I'm not a Falcons fan. I don't follow it as close as you do. I hope. And this is from a, a, a football fan standpoint. I hope they don't trade Matt Ryan. I hope they allow Matt Ryan to stay and mentor this kid, give him a year, help him polish the rest of his skills before he passes that torch on. And I think that's the best bet for the Atlanta Falcons. I, uh, Trey Lance has his ups and downs there in, in, in college. He did. He was obviously a stud. He played for a small school, so he didn't play big competition. I just don't. I don't know how he could just step in and. I mean, I guess in Washington, there's nothing really holding him back. So, yeah, he does, his legs definitely could vault him into the top ten. There, there's also another two quarterbacks that I want to talk about here briefly that are from the rookie class. Kyle Trask from Florida and Mac Jones from Alabama. If either of those two go into a spot where they're competing for a starting role, if, if Justin Fields doesn't fall to New England and they trade back and end up getting a, a Kyle Trask or a Mac Jones, those two are both going to go in and have – I'm not ever going to be um, ignorant enough to compare them to Tom Brady as a rookie. But similar skill sets to what Tom Brady had there, um, plus a little bit more mobile. Um, I, I think any any quarterback really that goes into New England's ahead of the game because of their offensive coordinator and Josh McDaniel and their head coach and Bill Belichick, I think instantly they're going to be uh, class leaders for possible rookie of the year. Um it's going to be interesting to see where a lot of these guys fall because, again, if Kyle Trask or Mac Jones go to – if, if Phillip Rivers retires and one of those two end up in, in Indianapolis or, um, you know, there's just a, a whole host of things that could happen 
Um, if Breeze retires and leaves a vacancy there and it's not Taysom Hill and they draft a quarterback, you're, you're talking about guys stepping into amazing situations Absolutely. with amazing head coaches. And uh, you, could, you could definitely see those guys have some sort of impact their first year. And that, that's why it's so interesting and, and um, unique to watch these top tens work out because you do see – I mean, Justin Herbert was outside of Jordan Love – probably the least enticing rookie quarterback drafted this year that that was going to have a chance to compete for a job. And he ended up being the premier of the crop. Absolutely. Um, we're hitting on all these quarterbacks, so I do want to go out and I want to say something. The way to be ahead of the curve with your league, in my mind, is you have to have a running, or a running back. Dual a quarterback, threat. A dual, dual threat. threat. Yes. You can't – I mean, you could sit back and you can wait for your quarterback and wait for your quarterback, but if you end up with somebody like a Kirk Cousins, a Matt Ryan – a Drew Brees, people that don't scramble, as we see, nobody in the top ten besides Brady, who just does Brady things and has one of the best receiving cores in the NFL right now, every single one of them can do stuff with their legs. And even if it's not designed runs, you got people like, I don't think there was very many designed runs for Deshaun Watson in Houston. He had to do it with his legs. Ryan Tannehill's another one. These designed runs are, yes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, prime example. Don't have design runs, but they have to escape. You have to have a quarterback. Joe Burrow is one of the best best ones at it. Not, I can't say he's added in the pros, but one of the best ones to compare to. He has that ability to, oh, there's pressure. Let me get four or five yards here rather than just throwing it away. Russell Wilson does the same thing. He didn't do it as much this year, I think. Um, but he definitely has the ability. You have to have a quarterback if you want to stay ahead of the competition. I mean, especially if I mean if you're going to sit back and wait, then you you may have to take a shot on one of these rookie guys. Uh, Mac Jones, I believe, has the capability of it. Uh, Kyle Trask, I haven't watched a whole lot of tape on him or did any real real close research on him. But Kyle Trask, I believe, also has the ability to escape and get up a couple yards. We're not talking about your Lamar Jackson. Got to get a 54 yard touchdown run, get all your bonus points, get all your yards in one tote. No, you got to get you got to get guys out there. Yeah, no, um, you and I definitely experienced that firsthand in our home. Keeper league, um, we waited and waited and waited and waited and waited on quarterbacks, and we ended up letting Matt Ryan fall to us. Who, as far as a passing quarterback, is is one of the better ones, um, but he he just didn't give us anything outside of that, and at, we suffered for that in our keeper league. We missed the playoffs just barely, um, and had we have had a dual threat quarterback that could have gotten say five points more a game. Absolutely. We're, we're in the playoffs pretty easy there. So it's not saying you should rush out and grab a quarterback in the top five rounds because there's plenty of guys that can get it done both ways. It's just I wouldn't wait till the last last pick in your of your draft um, and getting a quarterback after defense and kickers are gone. It, it, it's got to be a healthy medium. Absolutely. And one of the things I'm a victim of almost every year when we do drafts is – I sit and I wait and I'm looking at the guy. Prime example, our keeper league, we did it right here when we record our podcast. We sat there, we saw Matt Ryan slowly slide and slide and slide, and we know his capability and how he can throw the ball. And we thought, man, this guy's just going to keep on sliding to us, and we let him slide and slide. Rather than going ahead and pulling a name like Deshaun Watson or Justin Herbert, well, obviously not a whole lot of people drafted him, but still names like that that we, we shouldn't have sat there and waited and waited. We need, we need to – if you see a quarterback that's about to fall to you in the right spot, you need to go ahead and pull that trigger and get that guy. Don't wait for a quarterback to slide to you. Go get your guy. Don't it, go in the first I, – I will never, ever tell you to take one of the first five rounds. 
But if you got a guy in mind, you better know his ADP, and you better be ready to snag him in that ADP. You know, I, I, I'm thinking the way I'm, I'm looking at this moving forward for my leagues is that what I will probably try to do to where I will start looking for a quarterback is I'm going to make sure I have, depending on how many running back and wide receiver spots I have, I'm going to have my starters filled and probably at least one flex picked up before I start looking at a quarterback. But that puts me in like the rounds six and seven looking at a quarterback. And if you go off ADP last year, you're looking at, at, you know, obviously um, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson were all gone. Deshaun or uh, Josh Allen and Kyler Murray were in that range, but there's still plenty of other names. Ryan Tannehill was, I guarantee, was down there in probably the double digit rounds. Uh, Russell was probably down there in your seven, eight rounds. Derek Carr was in that area. Derek Carr, absolutely. He finished uh, QB 13. so, I mean, and then also you have, you've got people who could come out of nowhere, Breaker Mayfield moving into your top ten. He'll be down there um, because of the year he suffered. You're going to look at his, his, his points, and that's where they're going to rank his ADP. But you got to remember what he also has done without OBJ. If OBJ leaves yes. and he's not forced to force that ball, I feel like he's done a lot better without OBJ. And now you got these young kids coming in, your, your Fields, your Lawrences, your Trey Lances, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask. All those guys have the capability of using their legs. And you got the, the three that were drafted this year, Herbert, Burrow, and, and two of the big three. Those three will also be names that you see go off the board in the 8 to 10 range. Absolutely. Probably. And you're, I, I think Herbert, you're going to see jump a lot higher. Herbert will. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not saying this, I'm not saying it's a bad pick. If he slides into that 8 to 10 range, amazing pickup. I'm not ju- I'm not jumping for joy for him. I think he's a name that caught the league by surprise. There's more tape on him. He also has a history of inconsistency. Now I'm not saying he can't keep going what he's doing. Josh Allen also had the history of uh, inaccuracy, and look what he did this year. He's what number four, I think, ranked accuracy. Even, so maybe even so higher. outside of the top five. Okay, let's. So outside of Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray. If you're on the board and all those names are still available, let's take Dak Prescott out too because his ADP will be up there. Who's the name you're looking at? Who would you? Who so, would you? so all those names, top fives are gone. Your Mahomes, your Rodgers, Prescotts, uh, all the way down to Sean Watson. So you're looking at your Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. All of them are still on the board. Uh, the type of guy I'm looking for is I'm actually looking for a Derek Carr type guy. I'm going to wait. I think I'll, if all those names are still on the board in the 8th to 10th round, I'm going to go ahead and I'm probably going to suffer from the same thing that I always do, and I'm going to wait, hopefully not too long. But I like Derek Carr coming out in the 10th, 11th round. Um, I, Ryan Tannehill could, even though I said he could possibly stay out of the top 10 this year, next year, Tannehill's another guy grabbing in the 8 and 10 round. Those are the names I'm looking at. Um, Russell, I'm kind of veering off of. I always do because I don't like to own him. Every year I've owned him, he started off bad. Apparently this was the year I had to own him in the beginning and ship him away, find a victim, uh, Finley over here, to go ahead and ride the rest of the ship with him. But, yeah, I think I'm looking at your Tannehills, uh, maybe even your Herberts, Derek Carr. I love Derek Carr next year, especially if they add another weapon for him. Yeah, absolutely, and they're definitely players to look at this. I mean, it's a deep wide receiver rookie class. There'll be some rookies go places that have impact. Absolutely, and um, there's a lot of free agents out there it, too. In the, I, I, I think in that range, excluding this incoming rookies, just because you don't really know what you're going to get with them yet. Baker Mayfield's probably my guy after round eight that I'm that I'm targeting, keying in on, um, waiting to see if he possibly slides to me at the right spot, and uh, I, I just think Baker's a safe enough safe enough option. 
Um, you know, he had the 26 touchdowns, only eight interceptions. So he averages less than an, an interception a game. Um, granted, he's only averaging one and a half touchdowns a game. Um, but nonetheless, I still think Baker's safe enough that if you build a decent enough team around, he's a guy that you could get into the playoffs pretty easy with. Absolutely. If you fall victim, I'm going to throw out these three names. Mark them down if you want. I'll talk about them again. If you fall victim to waiting too long for your QB. Three names that I absolutely like next year. If if the Jets don't add another quarterback and they add something to protect Sam Darnold, young kid, big prospect, got a big arm. Sam Darnold could be a sneaky guy. He, once again, also has legs to use and get away. Um, another name that I was looking at is any quarterback that might start in Philly. They get a new offensive coordinator there. They get a new, new head coach. I think you're going to see Philly on the up and up, but they have to add some weapons. Yeah, that receiving core is pretty miserable there. Uh, And another one, Daniel Jones could be a sneaky pick next year. We saw him at the end of the year using them legs. He gets his running game back. Boy, when you get Barkley back, you're running some uh, option routes with Barkley. You're you're taking some pressure off of Barkley because we've seen Barkley banged up. Daniel Jones might just sneak into the top ten. He finished he finished uh, number twenty four or the yeah number twenty four this year, and he also didn't have a full year. He missed. Two games. So, I mean, not a huge deal. But he gets Barkley back, which opens a lot. Another one that I think is very interesting to me who finishes the quarterback 39, who only played six games, is Jimmy Garoppolo. If he's the starter in San Francisco, if they're forced to start him next year, and he stays healthy, and George Kittle stays healthy, Brandon Ayuk stays healthy, and those names stay healthy, and they add a running back, to a solid running back that can that can take that game, that backfield over, and be a, a clear-cut um, what, all down back. Jimmy Garoppolo is a very safe quarterback as well. Another guy who's going to get you anywhere from 18 to 22 points a game. Very safe option. And the other one I want to throw out there that's going to be in this range, who's also mobile enough, going to have a good receiving core again next year, Drew Locke. Drew Locke's another one that if, if Denver doesn't add a quarterback – Drew Locke could be a very safe play next year. You and your Mizzou boys. But, yes, I think Drew Locke, he gets the upgrade with Cortland Sutton coming back. Uh, he, gets one of his, he gets one of his best friends from college back, too. I think Drew Locke could be a sneaky one. Those are some names that maybe you want to jot down. Look later in your drafts. They're going to be there, they're going to be there in, the, in the 12th or below range. Absolutely. So, nonetheless, um, next week we'll break down the conference championship after the divisional round. We'll hit the running backs. Have a little fun with that again next week. And uh, as always, stay fat. And stay hungry, my friends. Those running backs are going to be tricky, tricky for us.